0: Street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com.
1: Hi, I'm Dolly, also known as Juggling Lessons. I've been a programmer and a teacher before I retired, and my current hobby is to create teaching materials for street epistemology. Lately, I've been interviewing people involved with street epistemology and live-streaming them on my YouTube channel, which you can find at youtube.com slash user slash juggling lessons. I think we are live. I'm in the wrong screen. That's okay. People are used to that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our discussion about street epistemology. If you were careful, you might have already noticed that my guest today is Nathan Ferguson, abstract activist SE. Hey, there.
0: Hi. Hello. Good to be on today Vanilla. Today, I want to... Uh,
1: this is discussion about. mm mm-hmm. discussion about. This is discussion about, yeah, Vanilla SE is another one of the categories that we do. We do a lot of that. That's sort okay. of the staple of almost all the other street epistemology channels. Uh, and for us, it's just one of the categories. So we're all things to all. Nathan, tell me about yourself. Or
0: tell everybody else, because I know you. Right. <clears throat> uh, well... That's a really broad, I don't know, even know where to start. I mean, I um, I came across uh, some street epistemology videos a while back, uh, probably like two or three years ago, and was awestruck with how powerful it was. Um, I have a degree, a Bachelor of Science in Political Science, and I've uh, attempted to be an advocate for this or that for a long time, and uh, met, was met with difficulty, especially when I... Uh, that people who are conspiracy theorists or had particular epistemologies and couldn't quite put my finger on what I could do to reach people that had different epistemologies than me. And then when I found street epistemology, and then I actually put a word to it, epistemology, then I found that there was a much better way to talk with people. And I kind of wanted to develop my own brand of that. So I've made my channel abstract activist se It's kind of a mouthful, but I just had a pick a channel and run with the title at the time. Okay. And um, here I am. FK, could you
1: select, I think it might be streamer mode. I'm hearing some bings, and that might be from people coming in and out of the room. Oh, do not disturb then.
0: Yeah, it's in the, my computer's in do not disturb mode, but uh, Discord's
2: in
1: Oh. Uh, Just because with Discord it has to be
0: different. Sure. How do you do that?
1: Uh, apparent, apparently, they have outsourced the programming for the Android versus the Windows and and
0: uh, I, I'm on my Mac.
1: Mac yeah. to like separate countries.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> I wonder if this button. settings preferences maybe
1: yeah on wednesday we're going to be doing book club i know because and we're going to be uh uh doing how to have impossible conversations this is as far as i'm concerned the current and only manual you need uh regarding street epistemology not saying there aren't other good ones but that's the only one you need uh and uh we're going to be doing a book club for people who haven't read the book presented by people who have read the book and if you watch our thing uh we're not it's not going to be like a book on tape but it's going to be at least the clip note okay so uh nathan you have a what I might call it an idiosyncratic uh, version of street epistemology. You avoid requiring your interlocutor to even bring a claim into the argu- into the conversation, which means they have far less um, <laughs> preparation required. <laughs> they don't even have to figure out what they're doing. <laughs> yes, that's a chicken. It's one of the um, uh, chickens well, are a feature a on my show. That's great. Yes. yes. Awesome. Yeah, chickens are a feature on my show and a feature mm. in my life. Uh, in this process you end up bringing uh, a survey that you ask them questions to bypass the claim entirely and go directly toward asking about their epistemology could you tell us about that survey
0: yeah so um i try to do a couple different options when um i like to table at festivals there's no festivals this year because it's 2020 but um Mm -hmm. i like to uh have a booth there's Many different ways you can do street epistemology. You can walk up to Mm -hmm. people on the street or you can just present yourself somewhere in a park and let people come to you if they're curious. And I generally give them Mm -hmm. the option to either tell me something that they believe uh, or Mm. if they feel like that's too much on the spot. uh, Then I have a survey and given the option, I'd say it's pretty 50-50. People will choose the survey because they're curious to know what might be on it. And that's when mm. I go and, and use the survey as opposed to drilling whatever claim they happen to have.
1: Um, Indeed.
0: Yeah. But,
1: uh, so you just give them the option. What do you I see do. as the advantages in uh, one approach versus the other?
0: Um, you can sometimes ask people what they believe and why and get a really mundane, low-hanging fruit claim. Like mm-hmm. compassion is good or goodness is good <laughs> something like mm-hmm. that and, um, mm-hmm. you can see that but it's not uh, very interesting or as interesting it can be interesting you can try to make it interesting <laughs> it, but if, it can uh, lead to interesting but if it's if strictly definitional
1: it's like
0: yeah if somebody says the earth is round it's like I don't even mm-hmm. want to see that personally I'm just like that's oh. not that it's not that interesting to me. <laughs> so uh, okay. I usually will say, okay, we can talk about that if you want, but what would maybe be more fun is if you give me your opinion on this survey and there's almost always um, a misalignment of understanding on one of the 24 principles on that survey. And then that can okay. provoke an interesting discussion. And the advantage of that is it takes the pressure off of the person that you're talking to and makes a general discussion about these principles instead and it can uh, provoke an interesting discussion that might get them thinking about some beliefs that they have uh down mm-hmm. the line and the benefits also is that they get to take it home it's so it going to be homework
1: yeah you hope you told me at one point you had 300 copies of it and
0: now you have three are you gonna That's make correct. a print run yeah i do need to go back to fedex office and get a bunch more printed out yeah Okay,
1: we will uh, we will make sure to add a link in the doobly-doo where uh, Street Epistemology International has on a Google Drive a PDF of the survey in question. Uh, let me bring up that survey. It fits on one page. That's all good. Um, yeah. And I'd like to, what I'd like to do with you is go through the survey with you and have okay. you answer your honest position on that survey. And I have someone who's going to play professional devil's advocate and argue No matter what you say, they're going to argue the opposite uh, because I've heard some really fascinating uh, responses that you have when somebody is uh, apart from you on on the survey. Uh, And so I'd love love for people to get to hear those. Uh, Let's see. Scroll up to the first question. I'm not controlling this scrolling. I see. You've got to help it. Truth is that which best matches reality.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree to that statement.
1: Okay, is this a agree or a strongly agree? So we have a five five position Likert scale: strongly agree, agree, yeah. neutral, strongly dis- uh, disagree, strongly disagree.
0: Right. Um, other than being neutral on something, I'm always strongly uh, opposed or for it. So I'll never okay. you'll never hear me say somewhat agree um, unless. Okay. Maybe maybe the only exception would be uh, number 14. It's important to know where we came from and what happens after death. Right. I don't know. That one's just kind of like a way to gauge somebody's temperament, mood, thoughts. It's just a way to All provoke right. discussion. So it doesn't really matter how you mark that one <laughs> that much. Okay. But uh, for the most part, I strongly agree, yeah.
1: So, Devil's Advocate, what do you think? Is truth that which best matches reality?
2: Uh, I would imagine since reality, uh, I would argue almost against reality that you can never know what the truth of the reality is. And since our perceptions shape our own reality, you can never have, you could have subjective truth with a collective subjective, but other than that's the best that we could ever have.
0: Okay. Yeah. So this um, survey originally had external reality put in, and I was mm. met with more opposition to that word than almost anything else on the list. So there's a version mm. of the survey where the word external is in there, and a word and a version where it's not, um, just to make uh, so that way we don't confuse people. You Generally, have a discussion about what do we mean by external. But the word "external" was in there so that way we could could avoid uh, problems of true for. So, um, so, like my favorite movie is The Fifth Element. That's true for me. I think that's the best movie, right? Uh, okay. However, it doesn't. The word "external" might not need to be in there because my preference is in the external world. So. I could, it might be mm. unnecessary, which is why we took it out. There's still a debate about whether or not it's better to leave it in or better to take it out. Um, whenever somebody disagrees to number one, I, I open my mind to the possibility that disagree is the best place to be. And I ask them questions that would make me also believe them and try to understand mm. what they mean by disagreeing to that statement. What is it that they're objecting to? So my question would be, if not, if truth is not a a description, which best matches, then what is truth? And I just put the ball in their park and I get them to explain to me what truth is.
1: Reading,
2: what
1: is
0: truth?
2: Yeah. Well, like I said, uh, the best that we can, the closest that we can get to truth, is a collaboration. Uh, if you get uh, or a consensus, if you get enough people agreeing to one fact, then it becomes truth. But as soon as you get enough people disagreeing with that fact, it becomes untrue. So it's the sky is blue. The reason the sky is blue is because everyone looks up. And sees it blue there may be a few people that see it a different color but they're a uh you know they're the outliers so they don't count uh it's the collective consensus uh, if the collective consensus said though the sky is purple then automatically it becomes the the sky is purple is true yeah so a major yeah. benefit of a major
0: benefit of this method is to um oh, have, no, your, sure. have your have your interlocutor fill out the whole thing And then um, Mm. you can can use other points on the survey to check for consistency. Okay. So So before you (laughs) feedback. Number 10 on the survey is uh, if all members of a society share a belief, uh, they are justified to hold that belief. And generally people will disagree to that, generally speaking. And so if somebody were to tell me that the number of people believing in a thing is the thing that makes something true, then I would, um, I would ask them why they would disagree to number 10 and also disagree to number one for those reasons. Um, there's a, I think a similar one on here about the number of people, um,
1: Yeah, I think I, I'm sure we'll come to it in time. I have a question. Go ahead. Yes, of course.
3: Because I, I have trouble when we keep trying to talk about opinions on street epistemology as something that is true. You know, I, I just don't, I don't know. I, it's more like a, an open question, Like I have trouble of like, if you talk about like, blue is my favorite color and then street epistemology that is like, okay, I understand you can street epistemology that someone states that blue is their favorite color, but I don't think opinions are in the matter of reality and truth, you know, like, because you could be lying and strongly defending that and I can apply street epistemology, that doesn't make any truth on this statement of blue is the best or is something and when you man because when you have to finish that with to me it's something so personal that i cannot even verify
0: can i ask you a question about that if if blue is your favorite color and you tell me blue is your favorite color um is that a description that's matching reality
3: Well, that would be even like maybe to explore my opinion and maybe expose to myself that maybe it's not true that I like blue the most. Maybe I would end up like, look, I like purple because, and you ask me like, why do you think you like purple? And I'm going to tell you like, well, because I have a bunch of purple items. And then right next, like right next after that, I rationalize that in fact, I'm not buying the purple because I like it the most, but maybe because of the options I have in front of me are reduced to me for be forced to pick the purple. And in the end, I buy more purple things trying to match the other things I have. And then in the end, I feel like I do really like purple more than the other colors, but if I go too deeply... So these are all nice reasons... Of that-
0: so Fanny, these are all reasons for why you would delegate or you know change your mind about what your favorite color is, what we're discussing right now is whether or not a truth claim is uh, categorized as something that is accurate. So if blue is not your favorite color, but you tell me that it is, would you call that true? Uh,
3: Yeah, I guess so. Some sense, but that is the point. It's like now I'm coming, now I'm going to the deep analysis of the word truth because it's like, is that truth? Is that that the blue is my favorite color, or I'm just like doing that and not wrongly analyzing the result? Yeah. There are other factors that are making me choose purple, and now I think or whatever blue, and and then in the end I'm like, oh, I really like this color, when in fact that's not true. So. So true, this is why
0: is? So this is. So <laughs> This is why um, the word external was originally on the survey. It's because there's a difference between true for in epistemology versus capital T truth. Like the truth about uh, the the world in which you and I both share. So a claim about the planet Earth being uh, a sphere versus being flat has truth value to that you can give truth value to claims about our shared reality though it's much more difficult to discern the value of um your own personal uh matter of taste so if you have a claim about a matter no of but taste, that
3: was my point because like the flat the earth being flat or round it's a fact that doesn't change about my it, even if my opinion is different, it doesn't change. It's something that we can all go there. Is it something factual that we can all go there sure. and verify? But right. the point of the opinion is that something that we cannot verify. And that was the point of like maybe opinions should not put in the matter of being truth.
0: Well here's the thing if you're or, lying well, it's about be
3: factual. Opinion.
0: If you're in lying that way
3: because we cannot verify. You know I, I just it think like it,
0: yeah is it possible is it possible to lie about your opinions
3: oh yeah i think so
0: okay if you didn't lie about your opinions i could would,
3: you could would... ask me like fanny what's your favorite color look you we talking to each other okay and i really want to impress you in the first date uh-huh. and i still really like blue you know and i kind of like purple and they're kind of almost the same color and what is the problem of me telling you that I really like blue? So it's like, that's the thing. It's like, am I saying such a thing that is a lie in the end? Maybe, maybe not, because it's just opinion. And
1: as a and as a rule, I will take time. somebody's word as to their <laughs> subjective opinion. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to have high confidence that they are correct about it, but I can take as a... As, a, as an acting theory that if you tell me something of your subjective opinion, that I'll just treat it on face value that it's correct. So for me, that's the truth uh, about your reporting of your subjective opinion and that that reporting could be inaccurate is something I I allow for.
0: Uh, more more often Absolutely. than not, the, the argument that I usually hear uh, when people disagree is people will say, they won't say... Um, they won't be talking like we're familiar with street epistemology so we are bringing up subjective things and how to talk to people who bring up subjective things but there are people out there that bring up objective things as if um, as if descriptions about objective matters matching reality isn't what truth is and those people are hard to understand so um, my go to question generally is Was there anything true before you were born? As a great way to um, get their thoughts on how, uh, on what truth is. If there was a reality that, that existed before you were born, it's basically like the ultimate does a tree fall in the woods? If a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound kind of question? But it puts the onus entirely on. Objectivity and subjectivity and how those things relate.
3: That would that depend on how far are you from the tree, because now we're talking about sound waves. And.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: sure, sure. So some people will okay, say I'd like to go on to the say... next. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah let's no, it
3: was really good. Yeah. I, I we are 124th through, and we're speaker. already 20
1: minutes in. We'll never make it if we go at this rate. Uh, Number one. Okay, the next question. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next question for it's not that one can you read the next question off off uh, it's it's I not can. the one that's currently showing
0: i've got it in front Go of me ahead. too people experience yes, please. people experience the same reality and only interpret it differently
1: okay <laughs> and what is your opinion
0: on that uh People do experience the same reality, we just interpret it differently. Yeah, I agree strongly. Yeah.
1: And 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 Reading, do you have an opposition to that?
2: Um sorry, this one's kind of kind of hard to steal, man. Sorry. <laughs> it I, is. Well, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> I think we are in obviously separate realities because realities come from our own mind. If I start with that. Mm-hmm. I I think therefore I am and I look out and see well it's obvious that the physical world is created from from inside my own head so why would you assume that we have the same reality? Why would you even assume that I exist or why should I even assume that you exist? Strongly disagree
0: mm-hmm.
2: Ah man I should have known that I should have grabbed that one <laughs>
3: <clears throat> Okay so... I, I accept that one is a good one I could be just a, uh, something created by your Im- imagination.
2: Well, there's the Berkeley theory, um, where uh, that the reality is nothing but minds, and reality is nothing but the perception of minds, and each uh, mind creates its own reality. And the, of course, with Berkeley's theory, it's um, linked to a, a higher power, the ultimate observer type thing. But, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So my question would be to just, um, I would get somebody to explain why they would disagree and I'd listen for, um, how they use the word reality, uh, reality, just like the word truth, just like the word love, just like, uh, the word justified <laughs> is often, um, used with different definitions. And as a practitioner, I try to never correct the definition of my interlocutor. I I go with their definition uh, with their definition of that word, but I usually vote to pick a different word. So I try to illustrate my thinking in question form using a different word, and I like to use the word game or Mario Kart. Uh, because a lot of people are familiar with games and familiar with Mario Kart and they usually have emotional attachment to winning. (laughs) So I just appeal to their, their own emotional attachment to winning and and fairness. So I, I say if you and I are in the same room and we're playing Mario Kart together and you're in first place, I usually say they're in first place, make them feel better. (laughs) And I'm in second place, uh, are we on the same console, on the same TV, and in the same room? If we zoom out, are we together in this game? And if you win first place, do we both experience you winning first place, though we might disagree how we interpret your winning? Maybe you get, you know, the blue shell with the spikes on it at the very last second when you're in last, and you get the first place player and now you're in first place with a second to spare and we might find that unfair right that's the way we interpret it but the game only give does the game only give one result as to who won the game we might disagree how it turns out but isn't there only one way things went down between us and that's a way of asking about reality as I interpret it is the laws of physics and our environment. And so I try to think of something else that fits my definition and give a new word for that. And then I just replace the word reality with Mario Kart. (laughs)
3: And you duplicate reality.
0: Yeah, there's probably a lot of different ways you can question this one. That's just the one that I like the most because it seems to always get my point across um, in question form and generally gets people to shift on that one. Yeah. Okay.
1: Truth depends on the opinions and beliefs of people.
0: Yeah, that was a great strong... uh, uh, That was probably the one I was looking for when we were um, steel Manning, the disagree for number one, which is truth is that which best matches. And the argument I was hearing was if majority consensus thinks a thing is true, that's the standard by which we deem it true. And um, I would just ask about um, history and how, throughout history, the collective um, hive mind. <laughs> thought the earth was flat at the time that the majority thought the earth was flat. Did that mean that a description about the earth being flat was correct? Was that the correct way to interpret reality just because the number of people thought it? So if truth depends on the opinions and beliefs of people, does that mean, um, uh, Bloodletting, for example, which is a practice in medicine a long time ago, people would take the bad blood out of you, right? And it caused a lot of unnecessary suffering and we harm. We still
3: need to do in some conditions.
0: Say what?
1: Uh, yeah, but not like we used to. Uh, we understand it a lot better.
0: Yeah, we yeah. Right, we used yeah, to just do Yeah, we, we
3: still need stuff. to. We still need to bleed people in some conditions. Just like it's not completely off. It's a, it, before it was more like just doing it for, let's see if it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now we know I'm,
3: when to apply.
0: <laughs> sure, I'm no doctor. I just, uh, I would just say, it was an overused practice back then. It's like a well-known thing, which is why I go for it. But I could go for a bunch of other things. Like there's so many examples. Like um, everyone thought that I the sun revolved around the
1: earth. This.
0: Everyone thought the sun revolved around the earth. That's another good one. Um. And before that was maybe common
3: knowledge. Maybe they changed their way.
0: Before it was did, common did knowledge. Went. Go ahead.
1: Oh, well. Okay. I didn't hear what Fanny said. She said maybe the something, but... Okay. okay. We'll keep going. Um, do, do we have uh, any words from the loyal opposition?
2: Uh, I didn't hear an. Op- I didn't hear his opinion on it. His, oh, his
0: truth, opinion uh, that is this. This is strongly truth, false. Strongly false, right? Yeah. Truth does not depend on the opinions and beliefs of people.
2: Okay. Um, so I got to take the opposite. So uh, actually, I, I do believe because uh, reality is built within yourself um, that. Uh, the the truth for you is slightly different or completely different for the tri uh the the truth for me depending on the stimuli uh again we could go see you could use the group opinion but um it, it's with this specific question it is saying the belief of the uh the uh sorry uh, what was it sorry i just got what was the exact question again Truth depends on the opinions and beliefs of people. Yes, so it's that it's not really a collect. That's not really a collective thing. Is uh, when you're talking uh, about a society whole, then that's where the collective comes comes into play. When you have to interact with other people, you have to share the same truths, and that's where the agreement between the group comes into play. But on an individual basis you can hold your own truths. You can, uh, God is real. That is my truth. That is my reality. So it's my, to support that uh, reality, I need my belief to support that reality. Mm. So I'd probably start by
0: building a golden bridge a little bit and say, um, yeah, I can see why you might think that, like, for example, if I were communicating something true, and yet it wasn't effective in getting the point across to communicate what's going on, um, then the sentence doesn't work to effectively communicate. And if I'm not effectively communicating, then the sentence isn't, um, while it might be true, uh, it's not. it loses its utility. So that might might be my little golden bridge there to try to see if I can agree to whatever um, point you just made. But then I would um, go down further on my list, and almost all the time, uh, only once have I ever had anyone disagree with number 24. Number 24 is really useful to countercheck a lot of these. And 24 says, it is possible that some of my beliefs are not true. So I would, if somebody agrees to 24 which is almost always is the case um, I would ask what's happening there if people's opinions and beliefs are one way but the truth is another how is it possible that your beliefs are not true if you strongly believe them if the majority of people believe them then what's happening when a majority is incorrect and okay just
2: see what they just to, take for, just to take the other side, um, your lower back is killing you right now. You mm-hmm. It's been killing you for five years. Uh, you go into the doctor, you get an MRI, it doesn't show anything, um, and they say, oh, it's all on your head. Does that mean that pain does not exist? So,
0: it doesn't? Though I would bring it to the table. You're in pain, though. You
2: can't even stand up straight.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so th- does that pain I exist? He or said doesn't it doesn't
1: exist. mean that, as opposed to doesn't exist.
0: Right. Oh, okay. and Sorry. Yeah. And I would just bring things, I would, uh, I would ask them if there's a difference between th- uh, truth claims about our shared reality and truth claims about our personal subjective experience.
2: And that and was what I was getting
0: at it, with the with
2: the question. Is it's that... another good
0: reason why the word external is in number one as a way of um, of separating statements that are true for and statements that are mm. capital T true. I uh,
2: I'm yeah. of the opinion that external sh- really should be in that first question <laughs> because is, you're right, it I, does. I hear it. I've met with so many people
0: though; it's hard because. I have I, leaving it in. I've had a lot of people um, become uncomfortable with that word "external," and uh, it's a little bit more layman to leave it out. Also, it might be an unnecessary qualifier. So, for example, if you do experience pain in your low back, if I if I do experience pain, um, that And and I'm being honest. Maybe my honesty is the only thing that really matters here. Maybe because my mind, if my mind is in the external world, then a description about what's happening in my mind, so long as it's consistent and honest, would best match the external world. So it's tricky. It's just a matter of... Whether or not you think using this word external is helpful, depending on who you're talking to. Mm -hmm.
1: We went through this uh, questionnaire uh, while I was on the chessboard on Sunday. And the first somebody said, I want to go through the questionnaire before we go into regular claims. I said, great. And took an hour and 50. Yeah. At the rate we're currently going, we're going to be something about four and a half hours. So um, we're going to either have to skip or go really fast. The next question is... Um, people create words and define
0: their meaning. Yeah, I strongly agree to that. Okay. Almost opposition? no one will disagree most of the time. You won't really see one, but if you do, I the opposition to this, I mean, I would just say is there anything other than people that create words and define what they mean
2: and hear what they have to say? So does the question pertain to people as a whole or people as an individual?
0: Hmm.
1: Like, um, if you were people talking about to... their own words and their own meanings individually,
2: Hmm. Can they
1: I but can. like that,
2: Like the question, I'm, I'm not saying, as oh, a, just, but is the question pertaining to the individual or as a group, a group as a whole? Mm -hmm. Um, because then you could have, uh, you, you could have a, like the N word to larger society is taboo, but to a select few, it's perfectly fine. So Mm -hmm. it has completely different meanings. It has completely different connotations. Uh, so you have the exact same word having two completely different meanings,
0: yeah, and I would just say that this just gives us an opportunity to talk about how words work and how they help us understand one another. And the discussion from here would just be me asking questions about how words work to kind of illustrate the point that words are not innate. Um, and yet they do describe our shared reality. Just they're, they're meant to help us understand one another and describe our shared reality and i would just ask questions that help illustrate that or that would reveal <laughs> or that would reveal, reveal that they're innate in some way <laughs> cuz maybe they are i don't know
1: is something true if everyone agrees to it
0: that's number 5 something is true if everyone agrees to it no
1: okay Ready? is it true if everyone agrees of course of course it, it is, is. argument ad populum oh wait
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: Yeah. And then I just ask questions about, you know, flat Earth or the sun revolves around the Earth. It's the same sort of deal uh, that we talked about with number 10. If all members of the society share a belief, they're justified to hold that belief. Um, mm-hmm. Both number five and number 10 are related in that way. And if there is an inconsistency in the way that they fill out the survey, you can just use the other number to reference that one. Well, it looks like you have marked okay. a different over here. What are the reasons why you did that? And they they can actually explain themselves out of that one.
1: Okay. Uh, would you like to skip through? Uh, do you have some favorite questions that would be the best for us to address, given that we have 20 minutes and almost sure. three-fourths of the list left? Uh, I'd say... I'm going to put extra one. stress on my production crew to, 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 to bam and slam through it.
0: Let's do number six and then 13 through 18. Number six right. is strong, strong belief even without action can change external reality. Um, mm. I uh, strongly disagree with that generally because the spirit of that statement is to call into question whether or not prayer works or law of attraction works or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And this is a great way to, to um, talk about how our do our beliefs reflect do our best to understand and reflect reality or is it the other way is it that Mm -hmm. do our beliefs make reality different um and a common thing i hear people say is that um belief is an action i've heard people argue this all the time and if Mm -hmm. people say that belief is an action and that's why they're agreeing to number six i just go with it because um okay to me it i just say okay that's fine the whole point is to see whether or not prayer works or law of attraction works and that sort of thing um okay but yeah if somebody thinks beliefs in action and beliefs are consequential and they can change the external world when you change minds then i have no problem with that
1: okay uh any opposition
2: Um, I would push again, push back against the word belief pertaining to only religious connotations. So I could like the first person in a squirrel suit believed that his design was going to make him fly through the air if and it was that belief that pushed him to jump off the cliff um so and hence it, it introduced the squirrel suit to the world um the first engineers believed that they could build a building 50 stories high um and that belief pushed them to do it
1: yeah hmm. in both cases i'm clearly able to identify the action that was required for the change Mm-hmm. gotcha yeah. uh okay and then 13 uh, through 18, you said? Can I have
0: 13? Yeah, 13 right. through 18 are the ones that you're probably going to find the most pushback on. Okay. Yeah. Um, May you read 13 for us? Uh, you know what? I do want to hit number 11. just because. catch up. Number 11 hit is number probably,
2: 11. We're probably throw one of my curveballs. Ball. Yeah. It's Believing really something,
0: fast. I just keep throwing
1: curveballs. Sure. <laughs>
0: Number 11 is believing something that is false feels just like believing in something that is true. So that one Ah. gets people to think a lot. So I recommend if you do the survey to hit that one real nice and slow because it will um, bring to light some really interesting discussion. Uh, if somebody marks disagree, which is actually pretty common, uh, then you just ask them to tell you a story of a time where they had their minds changed, and when they had their minds changed, did the new understanding of what's true feel just like the the truth value of the old understanding that they once had. Mm. So it's a way of getting us to empathize with our past self and also to empathize with all the other people out there that are mistaken about their Mm -hmm. idea and uh, a good way to build an emotional bridge between people that have bad understandings.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I figure Redding is just absolutely certain that there's a big difference in the feeling. Could you describe that difference for me? Mm hmm.
2: No, sorry, you're gonna have to take this one <laughs> because okay. I agree too much. <laughs>
1: yeah, I hear you. I hear you. That that can be a difficult one. I mean, for me, I can definitely tell the difference between feeling a false belief and a and a true one because when I have a false belief, I just don't have that like inner confidence and in burning in the bosom. But when it becomes true, the burning in the bosom is throughout my life.
0: right. So yeah, oh, yeah you'll get from a Mormon. I'm oh, sorry, some... LDS. There are some religious arguments. I get this uh, a disagreement on this one from people that are usually staking a claim in some sort of, uh, usually a moral claim. So if somebody does want to present to me a moral claim, whether it's veganism or, or some, some, some stake in, in, uh, in some, some issue about morality, this is where a disagreement will, is most likely to come up. Yeah. Anything else on that, or should we go to thirteen? See
1: number thirteen. Let's mm-hmm. let's go to thirteen. Yeah. In uh, that, could you read that one for me?
0: Sure. Believing in something without evidence is admirable. So I love okay. the wording of this one because mm-hmm. if the word is admirable. So do we admire believing in things with? without the basis of evidence and that's uh kind of like something that i i aspire to always have my my beliefs only on the basis of evidence um so this is a great way to see if somebody has a different understanding or idea on that
2: and to see why they would mark differently um Um, i I don't if i think you're if you if you if i got your opinion right that that you don't admire people that Just believe without evidence. And I actually do, I don't know if admire is the right word, but I kind of envy those that can do that. So, like I've mentioned a number of times that sometimes I actually wish I was a Christian. I wish I could believe in a God. And the reason why is because of the comfort that I see that these people get from believing not only in a higher power but also like they have a purpose in life that they weren't just some cosmic accident that they that there was someone that loved them so much that they created them that belief um like specifically for someone like my mother gives her life meaning rather than being some old lady with a bat with two bad knees living by herself Right, it's that belief of a higher power gives her purpose in life. Um, and I envy that, yeah.
0: My response is mm-hmm. would uh, my if if this were like uh, let's see if I can pretend this is very real for a moment, I would probably use an outsider test and ask if somebody else came here who also agreed with this principle that believing in something without evidence is admirable. um, I would just ask how, if there was a difference between you and somebody else and they were believing in something because they didn't need evidence to believe it, how would you resolve your difference with them? And I just, I just ask how you could go about resolving your difference with somebody else who is using this principle to believe in what they are believing. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Next question. Yeah. It is important to know where we came from and what happens after death. So uh, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this one. Um, I sometimes will skip this for brevity's sake, though it 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 can. Uh, facilitate an interesting discussion. Um if somebody agrees or disagrees, I just ask them why and get them to start explaining. It. And um if somebody disagrees, it's usually because they have objections to um knowing things which we can't know. Uh and uh if people uh, agree to it, um it's generally because they think um, things we don't know or are important to try to figure out. Uh, but if people are saying it's important to know, even if we can't figure it out, then that opens up a can of worms of, well, why would you say, you know something if there's no access to that information and you can have a discussion yeah. about that. But if I generally, if it's unknowable, right. I generally um, ask about, was there, uh, if evolution is true, would that be important to know? Or sometimes I bring it to an existential kind of route and say, if there is no afterlife after you're dead, would it still be important to you now to to uh, try to facilitate the very best of all, uh, the very best world for everybody that continues to live after you're dead? as a way of um, getting people to empathize with the rest of the world, even when you have nothing at stake. It's kind of an existentialist question there. It's just a good point to kind of gauge the pulse of of your interview partner. There's no right or wrong answer to that one. (laughs) So you can just answer Uh, it however you...
1: Yeah, so don't need to hear from the opposition on this one, Uh, whether Mm it is or not, because you're sort of in the middle. Yep. Uh, next question.
0: Believing, Believing something,
1: something that is false mm-hmm. is okay if it gives you comfort.
0: Yeah. This one was really hard a for lie. me for a really long time. Um, this one's really common. You'll, you'll, I will commonly get people who will um, say that they that they uh, let's see here. Believing something is false is okay if it gives you comfort. People will agree to that because they often recognize within themselves that they have comfortable beliefs that they hold just because they're comfortable, and that's the main reason they do it. Um, And that's really honest. If people will admit that, I start by acknowledging their honesty if they just come out that straight with it. Though, again, outsider test is really helpful here, and I just ask... Usually, I get them to give me an example of a time in which uh, they were uh, a time in which they had a dispute, a factual dispute with somebody like a a friend or a family member. Can you give me an example of a time in which a friend or family member believed in something that you strongly disagreed with? And how did you go about resolving that difference? And generally, they'll tell you a story. Uh, well, I blocked them on Facebook, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> and, then they'll, and then I'll say, well, how did you resolve the difference? And they almost always say, I presented these facts, or I asked these questions, and they came around to my understanding and my way of thinking. And I would just say, okay, that's great. I'm glad that happened. However, if they just said, you know what, it doesn't matter because it's comfortable to me, so I'm just going to hold on to this idea no matter what you say. How, what would you think about that person? What, what How would you think about their claim, about their belief, if it was being supported by the comfort it's giving them and only that? And that's a way of kind of putting the pressure on that principle. That one's a really Do hard you one. but you of the noble lie? Right, and people will often appeal to their... Uh, they will appeal to their sense of, uh, of their ability to tolerate many different ideas. And this comes up time and time again when you do the survey. People will, con- will confuse accepting a belief with tolerating one. And so I try to distinguish those two different words. We, of course, we would tolerate their belief for sure. We would tolerate all beliefs. I mean, that's how we have discourse in the first place and are able to have this talk. But the question is not whether or not we would tolerate it. Is it a good reason to think a thing is true? Is it a justified reason? And so... um, Justified is one of those weird words people
1: tend to think of in the legalistic sense, like a justified killing. Right. That's not what we mean. We mean something that has prior reason mm-hmm. that justifies a conclusion. Something that's good enough to come to a conclusion is, is what philosophical. Those are such different terms, such different meaning.
0: Yes. And I try my best not to, um, to give my own definitions for words during mm-hmm. an essay interview, though um, justified is one of those words where I will offer my own definition before. I'll just say like, is it, so this word justified is really sticky here, but it's important for the Mm -hmm. survey. Is it okay if I tell you my definition of that word? Just that way Mm -hmm. we see eye to eye just because that one's really um, tough for some people. So, uh, and it's important for the survey. So justified is one of those, one of those words, but yeah, believing something that's false is okay. If it gives you comfort comes up all the time. And I think the best way to handle it is with an outsider test, but just, you know, Mm -hmm. listen to what, You're hearing, maybe they have good reasons for saying it's true. I can personally think of a couple of reasons why I would agree. Like, for example, um, you know, grandma is on her deathbed. And is it an appropriate time to do an SE interview with grandma? Mm. Honestly, at that point, I'd just say it's it's fine for, for that person to believe in things that are only comfortable and not at all true. I think there are times when that's fine, though. I still nonetheless feel strongly about this, that I personally, and it's important to put the emphasis on the person you're talking to and not people by and large. So I would reiterate, would you personally ever believe something that is false? Mm -hmm. Um, just because it gives you comfort. And that redirects the conversation back onto that person. Yeah. And that's number 15.
1: Okay. The next one is, I give all claims the benefit of the doubt when I first encounter them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one is a good old, um, I have a car. I think, I, I got this from Anthony first. and then The Ferrari test, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Ferrari test. Uh, the way I do the Ferrari test is um, I'm gonna give three claims. I have a car, I have a second car, and I have an mm-hmm. invisible car, and put that hey. those three claims on the scale. Yeah. Okay. So the only because I find that um, people will try to, because my goal is to pick three claims which just when you first hear them makes you highly confident, makes you slightly question it. And then the third one should make you doubt it, right? To Just to illustrate the fact that we all do this all the time and we put all claims on a scale in our own minds when we first hear them. And I like, I have a car, I have a second car because it's possible I don't have a car, but it's not at all doubtful. I mean, lots of people have cars. So that would be a claim that would be given high confidence. I have a second car follows the first one uh, though because it's two qualifiers I have to have two cars therefore it's the more detail you add to the claim the more likely it is to drop on the scale so that should give you a number that's less than the first one and then the uh, third one is I have an invisible car but there is there is no example of any invisible cars so we would just uh, we would doubt it by, the default position would be to reserve. Well, Wonder
1: Woman has an invisible jet. There's an example.
0: Right. Yeah. You see me, but you don't see the jet. Just like Wonder Woman. Mhm.
1: Yeah. Mhm. I, I saw I saw an ad for a pickup done in camo. Uh, all I could see were the four tires in the driveway.
0: Mhm.
1: It's great. Yep. Great ad on Craigslist for a pickup with great camo.
0: Uh, yes, indeed. FK. Give Tesla a
1: few years; they will have invisible cars, if that's something Elon asks for. They, That'd that be cool. important. Someone is justified in their beliefs until they are
0: proven wrong. Yeah. so this is the most intense by far in my experience, this is the most intense and heated mm-hmm. uh, point of discussion on the entire survey. So I oh. always say proceed with caution on number 17. Okay. Number 17 is the, kind of an equivalent to the faith question. So So we need to be very cautious
1: about the prime numbers, including 14. I'm kidding. That was a red herring. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Number 17 is um, someone is justified in their beliefs until they are proven wrong. And Mm -hmm. some people have their entire epistemology predicated on number 17. In my experience, Mm -hmm. I've seen people who just Mm -hmm. predicate – all of their thought process on number 17 and, and haven't really talked about it out loud. Um, Uh And they'll hold many, many beliefs because of number 17, because no one's showed me that I'm wrong. So I'm justified to say that it's true until you prove me otherwise.
1: Right. 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 So they end up, uh, I can tell when that happens when they're arguing for the possibility of a thing rather than the probability of it.
0: Yeah, and they will con—they'll con- confuse their um, the possibility of something being true and the, like the odds of something maybe mm-hmm. being true with their confidence, which yep. comes up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Like a, a, if we do the tic-tac thing, mm-hmm. and I say, you know, um, is it true that the that the number in here must of tic-tacs must be either even or odd? Um. Uh, people generally agree to that and then I'll say um, if somebody came here and they said that they were even mm-hmm. um, what would you tell that person and they might just say yeah they might be right I said they could be mm-hmm. right right <laughs> they have, sure. what are their odds well their odds are 50-50 that they're even okay but what's your confidence that they're even and they'll say 50 mm-hmm. because they'll confuse the confidence with the Odds or probability? Yeah. Though, yeah. I, I have a three sigma weird. confidence
1: that the odds are 50/50. Yeah.
0: So, um, so number 17, someone is justified in their beliefs until they are proven wrong. My uh, favorite way of addressing this, and it depends on who I'm talking to. If somebody is basing a lot of their belief system on number 17, then I might ha- be hesitant to use this thought experiment, mm-hmm. but I just bring up mermaids, mm-hmm.
2: oh,
0: or, or even better, I ask my interlocutor to bring up something that they do not think is true. That's a commonly held belief. Okay. And hopefully they pick something that we agree is false. Um, if they pick something like mermaids, mermaids is a really great example because it's something, it's a belief claim that is um, not in any defined place. So there's nowhere mm-hmm. to look, which makes it pertinent to number 17 so if someone out there were believing in mermaids mm-hmm. but the only reason they were believing in mermaids is because someone is justipi- justified to believe in mermaids until you show them that there are no mermaids mm-hmm. out there is it possible that this person is stuck believing that there mm-hmm. are
1: mermaids forever? yes I believe in the remote possibility of mermaids mm-hmm
0: Right. So then the question becomes if there are no mermaids, and yet someone believes yeah. that there are mermaids, um, and that person is now stuck forever, um, one of the questions you can ask is would it be better to uh, withhold belief in mermaids until there is mm-hmm. evidence of mermaids? Or should we believe that there mm. actually are mermaids? until you show them that they're not there. And if they're not Mm -hmm. in a defined place and there's nowhere to look, are we forever stuck believing in a thing that's not true?
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: That That one's a really tough one for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Indeed. Do you have any others that we would like to touch on?
0: Just number 24 Uh, because it is really helpful. Uh, This is something that took me a long time to learn uh, in the sense that I didn't realize how useful number 24 is. Almost Mm -hmm. always people will agree to number 24. Only once has anyone ever disagreed to number 24 that I've done in my like 300 interviews.
1: Okay.
0: Use their understanding of 24 to apply to the rest of of the worksheet. If somebody says it is possible... So a real good reason to
1: have them get to the bottom of the works before you start reviewing the questions.
0: Mm-hmm. It does help out. If if you hand them the survey, have them fill it out and hand it to you. You, There's a lot of different ways you can do this. You can just go line by line. And that's how I started doing it. But I Mm -hmm. found that it was actually better to have everything all out. And then I just mark on the survey where... um, we have disagreements where um, my conversation partner and I disagree. And I just mark a little arrow next to those ones. And I almost always circle number 24 to reference things like number one, which is what truth is. And yeah. Um, yeah. And that's it. Okay.
1: So um, the crowd, I, I thank you reading for stepping way outside your comfort zone to, to play steel man to all of these things and give us a chance to use you as a virtual punching bag. I hope it didn't sting. Appreciate it. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Does anybody in the room have any, make sure you're all unmuted. Uh, Does anybody in the room have have any questions or comments for Nathan Uh, or about the survey or about what we've talked about today? I've given you almost no time to talk. Go ahead, ready.
2: Nathan, uh, what's the weirdest um, answer that you've gotten to one of these survey questions? Like one that you think the person did just some amazing uh, mental gymnastics to answer?
0: Uh, it's always when some and – it, and it's actually more common than you'd think. It's when somebody strongly disagrees to number one and they'll say truth is not a description that best matches. They'll say, I think the weirdest weirdest, uh, objection to the survey is actually quite common, and it's when people say that, uh... I've had somebody actually illustrate it quite interestingly to me, that truth was a spectrum uh, that... I only have access to one sliver of the spectrum of truth, and somebody else has a sliver to an entirely separate uh, section of truth, which is how two people can um, both believe in opposing things, and they can both be correct about the same shared reality. And that, to me, is a little isolating to think about that
2: no one will ever understand you
0: no so it's
2: ever... it, it, it's kind of like the i the only thing that i can be sure uh, sure of is that i think therefore i am if that's the only truth you can ever know you can never know actual truth so reality can never be a reflection of truth or truth can never be a reflection of reality
0: yeah, I just stay real curious on that one and just ask some questions about it. They could be right about that. I could have the wrong interpretation of what truth is. Maybe I'm totally okay. wrong. I like to go into all this every single time with the, with the thought that I want to be a representative for the, the curious out there and what, would, what questions, if, if answered, in a, in a way that um, I don't expect. Or uh, if, I'm, if I'm open to new information, what questions could I ask that would make me believe the other person? So if somebody strongly disagrees with number one, I would ask the questions that would persuade me to agree with them if they had good answers. Z Cools, I
1: think you were the one who brought uh, the survey my, with me in the talk yesterday. Is that correct? I, yes, just barely, but well enough. Oh, sorry, I'm in the car. I'm just getting off. That's okay. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate you joining us. Uh, I I think you were the one who brought the survey yesterday in our in our talk.
0: Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, I, I brought it up because I like it a lot. Someone, it's new to SE. We should mention Ben Diesel too, because he made it. Oh yeah. He was
1: actually yeah. in the room here uh, 40 minutes ago, but maybe he's just watching on YouTube at this point. Ben Diesel. Yay! You rock, man! Ben Diesel. So, uh, Zekuls, uh, is there anything that we talked about today that added to your understanding, and is there anything that we talked about yesterday that we didn't get to today that you think is important to bring into the conversation? Um, I think we talked about uh, one th- that I've had issue Someone who says the truth is something that is i have a lot of really understand what i'm saying when, well it's true for me. you're you're cutting in and out so i'm hearing understand what you're saying true for me but i'm not really getting the thread of it can you hear me now
0: yes Not anymore.
1: No. No. Yeah, it's go not ahead. Consistent. Are you sure you can
0: Yeah, I think it's cutting out. I think he's basically bringing mm. up yeah. what we'll say true for me. Mm-hmm. Things like that. True for statements. Yeah, so that's why the word external was in there. Though, mm-hmm. in my experience, uh, it has thrown people off. Also, I, I took it out on... Um, after talking about the survey with other content creators, <laughs> other mm-hmm. SEO content creators mm-hmm. have told me that um, they're not really sure why external was in there because it, it really might not actually be necessary. The thing is, is if you if you make a truth claim that's true for that's mm-hmm. about your opinion, it's mm-hmm. possible to lie. Right, And if you lie and you're not being honest, then that's not matching reality. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, uh, it doesn't need to necessarily be external if we include our minds in the external world. Um, Though it does get muddied when we start talking about um, abstract concepts that don't really exist that are just Mm. more abstract. So yeah, I, that's why the word... The
1: square is root right. of negative one.
0: Right.
1: That's on, that's on the edge of things. We could talk about that. But anyway, yeah, it's a good example of something else.
0: Yeah. If anyone plans on ever using this survey, I my strongest piece of recommendation for anybody seriously considering doing this with somebody they know mm-hmm. is to record your conversation. Uh, you don't need to do <laughs> a video recording Maybe ask need to for consent it. To, do it. to do it. You don't need to publish it either. Uh, right. But doing an audio recording of your interviews, at least for me, has been the most helpful thing. Just for example, I listened because I was on the show last week.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I so You were the listened guest interview with Ben Diesel all, last week. Yeah, right. And then I went on a walk and I just remember thinking to myself, oh man, I can't stop talking. And I, I, I realized that I was talking too much. And then I realized I wasn't listening. Even though and like the whole object is to try to take our ego out of this and to when we're interviewing somebody and to go real slow and try to understand them. And even on this show I couldn't do that <laughs> last
1: week. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, My object is to take your ego out.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Record yourself, listen back. You will discover things about yourself that you didn't know was there. And when you do that, you will improve. You will you will hear yourself and you won't forget it. And you'll do better the next time. Record yourself and listen back to yourself. It's real. It's the, my, if you're, if you're interested in doing SE, that's the number one biggest piece of advice I can give you by far.
1: That is a great place to end. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, everybody for coming. Thank you, everybody who contributed. And uh, if we cut you off because we didn't have time, I apologize for that. If you, uh, if you look down in the doobly-doo, you'll find my schedule. If you would have something you'd like to contribute to this show, I totally want to, uh, to hear from you in that regard. Here are five of my favorite channels. Uh, And, uh, there's actually several more that are in the promoted channels on my YouTube uh, list up there. If you are really, really interested in this method, street epistemology, my favorite set of collection of resources, set of collection, no, my favorite collection of resources is on streetepistemology.com, provided by Street Epistemology International, that have collected the resources from this community. The survey, for example, is in that list.
0: Uh, I want to plug my channel real quick before we're done. Yes,
1: absolutely. Plug plug away. Plug, plug, plug.
0: Sure. Uh, My channel is called
1: Abstract.
0: Nice. Mm -hmm. My channel is called Abstract Activist, S-E. That's all one word. Or uh, right now, it's hard to find in the search because it's not that big of a channel yet. But if you type Mm -hmm. in how to instill doubt by showing how to instill doubt, that'll get you to my channel
1: excellent excellent uh i've got your link in the doobly-doo
0: in the doobly-doo
1: in the doobly-doo thank you for joining us for this discussion about se if you would like to be a guest on my show on any topic about street epistemology i've got a whole bunch of categories i'm sure we can fit you in and i really look forward to hearing from you